At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. As we kick off the new year, we invite you to tune into our current series, The Forgotten Virtue, Learning to Love Again, where we'll discover how God defines love, Christ personifies love, and the Spirit empowers us to love one another. Together, we'll experience healing and hope in the love God designed for us, a love we carry through every season of life. Well, good morning, Woodside. How are you today? So great to see you. So glad you made it here. If you join us online, so great to have you as well. The roads are not good, are they? It is. Winter is finally here. It is upon us. I, uh, I hope that you had a, a good week and a good new year. I hope you had uh, time to actually be present. Man, if you didn't hear uh, the message last week, go back. You can find it on our Facebook uh, go back and find it. I'd love for you to listen to is what kind of one of the things that God has laid on my heart. I found myself this week even uh, trying to apply my own words because well, I was just not fully present in moments and remembering uh, what God had spoken to me to speak to you. And just, man, God saying like, Jim, I don't think you're present in this moment. And so, uh, man, uh, hopefully you're finding time to be fully present, not only with God, but also with the people that are all around you that you're with every single day. Um, God wants us to be present with those around us. Uh, today we're going to be starting a new series. We want to turn to 1 John chapter uh, 2. That's where we're going to be in 1 John chapter 2. It's been a, a great week. I've seen a lot of you on uh, social media. I saw a lot of different people recapping their year, uh, looking at, man, uh, these are some of my great memories throughout the year. And it was just fun to watch uh, people go through their whole year in January and February and uh, in, in March and April, May, throughout all the months and just showing what they did in their lives and what life looked like for them and just how it was different for everyone and showing the highlights and some of them were not highlights. They were kind of like, hey, uh, it is what it is and we can't do much. And it just was reminding me of this last year and thank you, Jesus, that we're in 2021. Amen. Uh, we made it and uh, we're here in 2021 and we have no clue what God is for us in this year, but we know that we're going to make it and that God's grace will be with us. But it got me thinking as we were look, looking at our text today about this last year as I don't know how you can't think too much about this last year. Maybe you want to forget this last year, but I was thinking about it and just thinking about this last year of 2020 and how it was so full of so many distractions. I mean, it was just full of many, many different distractions that I think maybe caused us to forget some things that are vitally important to being a follower of Jesus. And, I, and maybe even a very specific thing we're going to talk about today that is super important in following Jesus. I mean, you had the stress of a pandemic, you had tensions surrounding social unrest, you had anxieties accompanying uh, um, economic woes of 2020, you had a contentious election, you had all these different things, and, and all of this stuff you think about, uh, I think that many people in following Jesus, there's things that they forgot because they were distracted by everything uh, going on around them, and I think one of the things that many people in the world around us forgot, and I would say even the church, some people following Jesus, forgot was love, was how to love, and what that looks like. I mean, if you get a painful assessment of the way our culture responded to many of the frustrations in 2020, it was not love. I mean, I don't think we'd look at 2020 and be like, man, the highlight is the way that everyone loved each other. It was fantastic. No, uh, I think that the world really, uh, and sadly even many in the church, kind of forgot or were distracted by many different things and forgot how 
to love, and many throughout the year have been bitter or angry or resentful towards someone or something or circumstances or whatever it might be, and, and I feel as though, and, and the Woodside leadership feels those, we should enter in because many of us forgot how to love our neighbors well, love one another well. How about loving our enemies well? Or even just loving God well, and uh, I think it's vitally important to us following Jesus. Actually, it, it, if you look at the scriptures, throughout all of the scriptures, it's one of the most important virtues you find in the scriptures. I mean, you find places like 1 Peter chapter 4, where it says, above all love. Not like above these five things, above everything else, love. I mean, you find 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Where the Apostle Paul says, man, all of the spiritual activities that you do, all the spiritual giftedness you can have, all of it is for nothing. All of it is worthless if you don't have love. I mean, you can go on and on. Jesus says, you'll be known if you love. You'll be known as my disciples if you love one another. And I think as though many have forgotten how to love our neighbors well. Love each other well, love our enemies well, love God well. And so we decided as Woodside to enter into the new year, starting a new series called Forgotten Virtue, learning to love again, just as a reminder, as a refresher. Maybe you've been doing fantastic and you just need an encouragement this morning just to continue on in 2021 because I guarantee you it's not going to be without its woes. For us to continue on in this amazing virtue that God has given us to love one another. I mean, Francis Schaeffer, if you've ever heard of him, this apologist described love as the distinguishing mark of the Christian life. The distinguishing mark. And I feel as though many times uh, we have lost our way in that. It reminds me of Revelation. If you read in Revelation, right? Revelation 2. He's writing the church in Ephesus, really. Uh, John is writing. He says, you have abandoned the love that you had at first. And he goes on to encourage them, saying, remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. And I find that encouraging because many times we can just forget where we are and what's happening in our lives and go down a road and God has to come alongside of us and say, hey, you've forgotten where you're supposed to be. You've forgotten to love well. Now repent, turn back, and go back. And it feels as though maybe the church needs a reset in this manner to learn to love again. So the next several weeks, we're just going to be in First John looking at many different passages and seeing how this might be able to set our focus and our attention on loving one another well because God is love. And today we want to discover that if we know him, we will love him. To know God is to love God. To know God is to love him. If you know God truly, like not know about him, we're going to talk about this, but if you really know God, you will Love him. And love is just not a term. It's a verb. It's a response to how we love him. And so just a quick overview. When you look at the, the, the book of First John, uh, you see all kinds of stuff about fellowship. One of the main themes is fellowship. Now, right there with the equally important, the Apostle John wants to present to us, the reader, them and us, as we read the letter, a clear and honest assessment of their faith, and I would say our faith here today, and our relationship or lack thereof of Christ. 
He wants us to have a clear assessment of what our relationship is or isn't with Christ. He wants us to know whether or not we truly know God or not. And that's what we're going to look at even today. I mean, 1 John 5, 13 says, I write these things. I write these things that you, or to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And today we're going to dig into that. How do you know if you truly know God? Like, how do you know? If you just, if I asked you this morning, how do you know that you know God? What would you say? Like, don't say it out loud. Just think about that for a moment. It's interesting. Because I, I, I'm not being, like, controversial, but you don't find anywhere in the scriptures that say you know God because you prayed a prayer when you were 12 years old. You don't find in the scriptures that says because there's a date written in the front of your Bible, you know God. That's not in the scriptures. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying that's not what is the evidence of transformational faith. All throughout the scriptures, we see something different, that there are true evidences of life transformation in your life, that if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And so we're going to look at just a few verses to know how we can know that we know God. To know him is to love him. If you look with me in the first few verses, uh, chapter 2, verses 3 through 6, I just want to read there quickly. 1 John 2, verse 3, it says, and by this we know that we have come to know him. So you see from the very beginning, like by this, this is how we know that we have come to know him. If we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever uh, says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. That is Jesus walked. And so the first thing we see in our text, man, how is to know God is to obey him. That if we know God, we will naturally Follow him. We'll naturally do what he calls us to do. So when, when you're looking at a pastor of scripture, the primary determining factors, the central uh, theme of the passage, how you figure that out, many times you look at what themes are there, what's repetition in there. Well, when you look at our passage four different times, John says the word no. K-N-O-W. He writes, by this we may know that we have come to know him. And in verse 3, whoever says, I know him. Verse 4, by this we may know that we are in him. This word know is of, upward, uh, of, of utmost importance to John as he writes. He says, man, I want you to know that you know him. And if you say you know him, and this is not the truth, then, then you don't actually know him. If you do do these things, you do know him. Him. The word know here could refer to intellectual knowledge or experiential knowledge. In the context of the paragraph, I think it leans more towards the latter, that it's experiential knowledge, that not just uh, a concept of covering things that you know about God. Like, man, I've, I've been around the Bible a long time, and I know all the different things about God. There's a measure of that, but I think it leans more heavily towards knowledge of actually robust relationship or intimate relationship with God, that you know him. Think of it this way. It says in the scriptures that Abraham knew his wife, and she conceived a child. It's that kind of knowing. 
that it's a deep, profound intimacy with God is what he's talking about here, that you know him, not just know about God, not just, man, I know different things that are said to be about God, but I actually know him personally. And so uh, in our verses, John gives us a test of two types of knowledge. But before we examine the test, like how do we know that we know, uh, let's consider two things that he says, that, uh, that if we pass the test, then these things are true. First John says uh, that we can know him, that, the, that, that there's a possibility that we can actually know the God of the universe. I mean, just praise be to God that what we did this morning in taking communion is the fact that Christ came and gave his life so that we could actually know him personally in a relationship. So and just this morning, if you're watching in line or if you're in this room and you don't know God, man, we have our first step here is that you would enter into a relationship of saving faith with God, not just knowing about him because you know a bunch of different stuff about his life, but actually entering into relationship, man. Praise be to God that we can actually know him personally. Then second, that we can know that we know, he says. That there's a way in which we don't have to like think and me, man, I hope that I, I one day will be saved. I hope that like my faith is real. I hope that like I did enough good. I hope all these different things. No, first John is writing, or John is writing in first John to say, you can know that you know God. And here's how. So he says, hey man, I want you to not only experience the blessing of salvation, but I want you to have blessed assurance that you know God. So he goes on to a test that we might know that we know. Well, what is the test that we have a relationship with God? Well, if you see in our passage, it says, if we keep his commandments, we can have confidence that we know him. That, that a personal relationship equals faithful obedience to God. So I'm not sure if you've ever heard that before, but in the scriptures, this is what it teaches, is that knowing God personally in a relationship will do such a transformation in my heart and my life that I will naturally, by product of the Spirit of God indwelling me and a major transformation happening in my own heart and life will change my likes, my desires, and the things I want to do that I naturally will want to out of the love of God that I've experienced, then follow him in active obedience. It's, it's not just like, man, I just prayed a prayer, and now I'm good, and I'm just going to go about life and do my thing. No, here, there's this word, uh, the Greek word here for keep, like keep his commandments, super interesting. So sometimes it's just fun, and it's helpful to look at these things. So this word literally means to guard something that is valuable or treasured. So now read it in that context. So to keep his commandments is to guard his commandments or treasure them as ultimately valuable. That God's word, his commandments, would be something so much, what God calls me to follow with my life, would be something that is so valuable and treasured to me that I would keep it and guard it and so treasured that I would actually fulfill it and do it and allow it to change my life. So before we go any further, like, how do you see God's word? It's something that you actually treasure. Do you see it as a, a most valuable possession, or do you just see it as something that Jim reads on Sunday mornings, and I hope that he will inspire me in some way or encourage me to live life, or is it something that God uh, has poured out in you that, man, I, I love God's word. I love his commandments, and I actually want to fulfill them. Now, I want to say, 
There are going to be seasons in life. There's a reason why uh, they wrote in Revelation, man, you lost your way, go back to where you went. This isn't saying like you're going to be like perfect. This isn't perfectionism. Like, man, I came to know Jesus and now I just float through life like an angel and everything's great. I never have a bad desire because the apostle Paul says, man, the things I want to do, I'm not doing. The things that I don't want to do, I keep doing. Ah, and we all feel that. Right? But there is a difference between men wrestling and struggling and habitual just living and not caring in the world how I follow Jesus. Two different things. The following of Jesus is a wrestling and a struggling through life. Just read all of the characters in the Bible. Big difference. But do we have that in us that we're wrestling and struggling with the Lord to follow him in obedience? Even though I do what I don't want to do, in my heart, that is what I, I, I want to follow Jesus with my life and keep his Commandments. So he says in verse 4, our disobedience produces this self-deception about our salvation. That if a person proclaims that they know the Lord and they don't actually follow his commandments, he says that they are liar. It's fascinating that God in his wisdom established our lifestyles as an, a litmus test to help us know if we truly know him. You realize that? Like, I, I don't feel like we talk about it enough. But the scriptures teach that our, our life, the way that we live life, is a litmus test as to the true faith that is in our hearts and our lives. To show and produce. Right? Luke 6, 44 says, Jesus says this way, For every tree will be known by its fruit. So, if you just ask that question, what has been the fruit of your life? What does it look like in your heart? What kind of fruit are you producing from that tree? Right? James says faith without works is dead. So it doesn't say like it's okay, it's semi-good, it's like, okay, it's practical, it's somewhat useful. No, it says faith without works is dead, right? And it's not saying works salvation. It's just saying that real faith actually regenerates the human heart to produce something that is different, that produces something with our hands and our mouth and the way that we live and our wallets and everything else that actually produces something is that if there is no works that are seen through our faith, then our faith may be dead. And he goes on a positive Warning against disobedience and this affirmation concerning our lifestyles. He says in verse 5 that meant obedience is, is this beautiful relationship with the Lord. Look what it says in verse 5. But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. That it's perfected. I love that word that our obedience actually provokes God's pleasure. Our obedience provokes God's pleasure. You see what he's saying here, that there's kind of this dichotomy, like if you don't see evidence, if you're not actually obeying God and what God has called you to, and you're saying that you know him, you may want to evaluate your own life. And I just want to say too, there is nothing in this sermon that I want you to start questioning your salvation and being like, man, I don't know. Like it's always a good thing through all of our lives to work out our salvation with fear and trembling to always do heart evaluation to say lord man do i truly know you and walk through life not questioning man the, the whole point of this passage is that you would know that you know you'd have amazing assurance that you know you know the lord 
And then John gives this picture of what our lives should actually look like. So if you want to know what it looks like to be obedient to God, it says what? Like, this is what our lives are supposed to look like? We're to look like Christ. It's the highest aim uh, of imitating our Savior. It's the highest aim of the Christian walk. As he says in verse 6, whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. That's who he, Jesus. So if you're a follower of Jesus... My goal, what my life should look like, what it should produce, is a life that looks like Jesus. That to know him is to obey him. To love him is to walk in faithful obedience to him. It's interesting. I mean, if, if I was to say, man, um, <clears throat> or you were to say, man, you, I love you, Jim. I truly love you. And you gave me a gift and you're like, man, this person must not actually really know me. So if you came to me and you bought me a brand new Ohio State Buckeyes jersey, and I'm like, what, what, what the world? Like, I'm not an Ohio State fan. I'm either a Michigan or Michigan State. I'm kind of caught in the middle. I kind of bounce back and forth. Um, but I am definitely not an Ohio State fan, right? Or maybe you're a vegan. And for Christmas... I got you an Omaha steak subscription. <laughs> right? I mean, it doesn't make any sense, right? Because to know you, I would actually love you and actually produce something that you actually love. And on top of that, what if you knew that I, I hated Ohio State and you still bought me a jersey every single year? I mean, what would that, what would that sound like? Would it be like, man, it really looks like you love Jim? I mean, what does it reveal about your heart? And your relationship with that individual, whoever it may be. I mean, it's like they say all the time, like, you can say all you want, you love your wife or your husband. But if you treat your husband and your wife like trash your whole life, do you truly love them? This is just an honest question. Do you love them? We play this game, I think, with God many times in the same way. God, I love you! Sunday, woo! And then we go about life. And we give God Ohio State jerseys. Like seriously, we play this game like it just, it doesn't translate over to my relationship with God. Like it's something different. It's not the same. So for you, if you know Jesus today, if you're online or you're here, what does it look like for you in your life with the word of God and following Jesus and looking like Jesus and keeping his commandments? Just real quickly, just jot down in your own mind some self-evaluation. What does that look like for you? To know him is to obey him. Or what are the commandments that you just don't want to obey? Like, I do really well with all of these, but these ones I just refuse. I'm, this last year, I'll just be completely honest with you. I have been blown away by how many Christians have just figured out, these ones I'm okay following, but these ones are just, I don't have to do those. But wait a minute. And one of them is love people, love our enemies, love those who don't think the same politically as us, love those who are, are just completely outside of the box where we come from. Like, that one just doesn't apply to politics. That one just doesn't apply to, to this scenario. This one doesn't apply to this. And Jesus actually shouting back the, differently, saying, no, it's actually quite different. It's all-encompassing. You can't just pick and choose. So which one is it for you? It might not be love. You do great at that one. It might be something different. But to know him 
is to obey him because it comes out of a heart of love that we follow Jesus. Well, not only, man, if you loved me, you would love people that I love. And the same thing is true when we look at God. And we see in the last couple of verses, not only is to love him, to obey him, but to know him is to actually love his people. Look with me in verse 7. Beloved, I am writing to you a new commandment, but an old commandment. Excuse me. I am writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. And at the same time, it is the new commandment that I am writing to you, which is true in you, or in him, and in you. Because the darkness is passing away, and the true light is already shining. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in the darkness. Whoever loves his brother and abides in the light, and in him there is no cause of stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. So to love him is to love his people. And in verse 7 and 8, you see this paradoxical kind of terms here introducing to us an old commandment, which is also a new commandment. At the same time, there's this old but also is new. And it causes us to answer, ask the question of like, what is the old commandment and what is also the new commandment at the same time? And I think maybe the best verse to unlock this passage is what comes just after that in, in verse 7, excuse me, of verse 11 in chapter 3. It says this, for this is the message, 1 John three eleven. for this is the message that you have heard from the beginning. Man, this is what you've been hearing the whole time. If you know Jesus, this is what you have been hearing the entire time. That we should love one another. From the beginning of the hearing of the gospel, all who are reading this, you heard this at the beginning, that foundational to the Christian life is a deep love for others. It's foundational. And it causes us even to question, like, when you first heard the gospel, was this a part of the gospel? That not only has God poured out his love on you so that you can experience relationship with him, but he also calls you to pour out your love on the world around you. Because light, as he says, has entered the world, right? And this is this new commandment, as he says in verse 8, is that literally the message of love is finally fully realized in Christ and continues in the heart of God's people, or it should. So in Romans uh, 5, 5, the Apostle Paul puts it this way. He says, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So what we experience, what we celebrate in communion is that God has poured out his love on us into our hearts. And now, I'm just telling you, more than the rest of the world, you are capable of loving those around you in a supernatural way. You are more capable of loving people that don't think like you, that don't look like you, that don't act like you, that, man, they, they're all totally different than you, that are sitting next to you, that you struggle with in your family, that you, you wrestle with in your church, that maybe you've struggled with for a long time. You are more capable of loving those people because the love of Christ has been poured out in you. You've not only experienced it, but also the Holy Spirit is abiding in you and empowering you to love those people around. So God's people, if you know him, you obey him. But not only that, if you know him, you love those around you. You love his people. 
You love those that God has called you to love. It's amazing when you look at this. I mean, it reminds me of John, or excuse me, Matthew chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount, one of my favorite passages. If you haven't read it or don't know it well, great 2021 is to say, man, I'm going to read the Sermon on the Mount. Just know it because this is literally the law of Christ. Like what we are going to look like for all of time in the kingdom of God, one day for all of time, this is what it's going to look like to follow Jesus, to be with God's people. But Jesus calls us to live that way right now. So kingdom of heaven coming to earth, us living this out, right? So it says of the Beatitudes, blessed is this, blessed is that, blessed is that. It's amazing. Well, he says, blessed are the peacemakers, right? And he says something amazing right after. He says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. You ever wonder what that means? Literally means like, if you are a son of God, you will be a peacemaker because you look like your children or your children look like you, should I say. Then man, if you know Jesus, if you know the father, you will live like the father. You will be a peacemaker. So it sounds a lot like this, that man, as my heavenly father is an all loving, amazing, unbelievable God who pours out his love, who we just celebrated at communion. We as his children should be people that pour out our love all around us on those around us. Same thing with our kids. I mean, I'm, we're laughing this week, Sarah and I, all the time about which kid is like you. I mean, you have your kids like, which one's your kid, right? So I know exactly which one is Sarah's kid, and I know exactly which one is my kid. And you see it on their expressions, and you see it in the way that they snip back at you. You see it in all these different manners, right? It's because they're my kid. And if you're God's kid, we should look like God's kid. We should love those people around us that should be coming out of us. So I just ask you, how are you doing in this way, in this manner right now? In the last year, you do evaluation quick of 2020. How are you doing at this? Loving people. People that are hard to love. Just newsflash quick. You weren't easy to love. God had to die to love you. Right? So, so how are you doing? To know him is to love people, his people. To know him is to obey him. And my heart is that as we enter into the season, that we will be people that love well, not only just love God, but if we truly know him and love him, we will naturally love those around us. And this is one of those times where I think it's just good for us to do self-evaluation. Like, what does it look like that you know him? Do you long, at least somewhere in your heart of hearts, even though you've been struggling and you're not doing super well at it, but do you long to follow his commandments? Do you long to keep what he's called you to do, to do what he's called you to do? Do you long to love those people around you, even though it's hard? This morning, I was challenged with someone to love that was super hard to love. Right before I get up here, I'm like, Lord, what does that look like for me? May we be people that not only know God and keep his commandments, but 
to know him is to love his people. May we do well at loving those around us. Even now, as we sing in a moment, let's just take a moment before we continue our series over the next number of weeks and just do a little bit of evaluation about where I am I. Maybe this morning, if you're online, you're like, man, I was told something else. I was trying my whole life to like work to make God love me. And I, I was told that I know him because I give money and I attend church and do these things. And no, that's something different. That's religion. To know Jesus, to know God is to enter into a relationship with him. Accept the forgiveness that he gave you on the cross. Place your faith fully in him and know him, not just know about him. And then out of that beautiful intimacy produces an obedience to not only follow his commands, but to love those people around us. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you for today, for uh, your word, for First John, just a... An amazing, beautiful book. Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself today.